How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Meetings. I have a special guest with me here today, Mike Saba. I'm really excited to introduce him and to have this conversation with you guys. So let's get into it. All right, everybody. Well, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Meetings. Again, the goal for this podcast is just to spend additional time with you guys beyond the meetings with your financial professional. I have Mike Saba with me, and I want to introduce Mike. He's been selling Bakersfield's homes since 1992, and he has a lot of knowledge and insight about things real estate. And I thought it'd be great to have him on the podcast to just get some insight around different things uh, real estate related. Now, I know I work with a lot of clients that are often asking about real estate and how it incorporates into their financial plan. And I know a lot of you probably see real estate uh, as a part of like a wealth building tool to you for you to meet your financial goals. So I thought just having them here would be a great uh, idea and be super beneficial for all of you guys who often have questions around real estate. So welcome, Mike. Thanks, Greg. My pleasure. <laughs> well, um, I appreciate you coming on. Can you share a little bit more about just uh, your background in real estate? Just kind of round out your experience. For sure. Greg, I would say that I was one of those kids who grew up going to a Dodger game and, of course, enjoying the game, enjoying the food. But about halfway through the game, I'd turn around and just stare at Dodger Stadium. I was fascinated with big buildings, cool homes, real estate type things as a young kid. And that, that uh, draw to that type of stuff never ceased. So in college, I took some real estate classes after failing out of accounting classes. And 31 years later, it's still a profession that I like and enjoy. That's fantastic. Thank you. And Mike is a USC Trojan, and um, he's a big USC fan. So I think it's always important to mention go Trojans. Go fight, Trojans. Fight on. <laughs> on. <laughs> so the first question I have for you, Mike, is um, why do you think people are always so fascinated when with real estate? What is it about real estate in your experience or your, in your thoughts? Great question. I get that all the time. It's kind of this mixing of your home, where you live. We all need a roof over our head, certainly. And then the flip side of it is it's an investment vehicle, mm -hmm. different from what you and LA market and sell. It's something different. Mm -hmm. And the difference, there's a lot of differences, and some of the differences are pretty appealing to people. And since this is American, it's a free market economy. Most wealth in the country is built on real estate. Yeah, no, absolutely. So knowing that and knowing most wealth is built through real estate, people are fascinated with it. In your experience, how difficult do you think it is to actually get started and become wealthy in real estate? Sure, good question. It's one great uh, question that I get a lot. Certainly people ask, ask about that. It is difficult, but it doesn't have to be difficult. 
So some of the questions I ask people when they ask, how can I earn passive income, make money in real estate? Some of the key questions are, well, what have they done so far, if anything, in real estate? Another way to look at that, what is their real estate IQ? Mm. Do they currently have some or do they not have any? Secondly, you have to look naturally at what is their time frame? Mm. Do they want to build this over one year? That's hard to do. Or are they willing to wait 5, 10, 20 years to build? So that's key with that answer. The third thing is, are they looking to replace an income with that which what they build in real estate? Or are they looking to do something different? Mm -hmm. So three to five really key questions help me help them create something. Yeah, those, those are really great questions. Um, I find not having the right questions to ask make it difficult to figure out where to start. I'm sure you do. And, you know, people inevitably are going to, they'll ask me, hey, what should I do? And I don't, you know, I'm not a real estate expert. So that is uh, beyond my scope of uh, knowledge. And from my perspective, when I talk to a lot of people, who talk about the idea of building passive income through real estate. And I could, I could be wrong because I haven't actually asked this to people when I'm in meetings, but I get this. I feel like people want it to happen fast. And I don't know mm -hmm. if it could be fast, if it, if it can't be fast, but I really like your, your clarity around your question questions. Um, you know, asking how long do you have, um, and just giving some of those examples. Sure. Yeah. It's the American way to get it fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the case. Do with... people come to you ex with expectations around that sometimes? Or do, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you run across that at all? You do. In fact, it's probably the greatest challenge to speak openly and sometimes critically about people's timeline. So 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, you can open up a small blue app on your smartphone called Zillow. Mm. And Zillow is available. Zillow tells you everything you want to know about real estate. Not necessarily what you need to know, but it tells you a lot of things. So sometimes folks will fall into that Zillow mindset that they can do their real estate fast or build it fast. Sure, some have done that, but most wealth, most great portfolios of real estate, they take time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. So when it comes to um, just, you know, in your 30 years, I'm sure you've seen a lot of successes and you've seen a lot of losses um, in regards to real estate. What are some, you mentioned real estate IQ. So yes. what are just some things that you can encourage someone to start developing that, that real estate IQ? What, what should they, what are those things that they should be de developing and looking for or, or learning? Mm -hmm. For that question, Greg, let's say someone wants to, I'll use this as an example. They want five rental homes 
to keep and have and hold and to enjoy the benefits of the rental income that would come in. Mm -hmm. So with that type of investor, one of the key things that I've seen that's been helpful is how, how much do, asking them the question, how much do you want to be involved in the day-to-day of those homes? How much do you know about the neighborhood where your homes are going to be? And where I'm going with this is there is a certain boots on ground or involvement that an owner should have with rental property. Not everyone chooses that route. A lot of people say, I'm just going to give it to a property manager. They'll run everything. Mm -hmm. That's not a bad thing. I would say, though, a better thing is you should know your home. You should go to the rental home once a year. You should know the name of your tenants. You should speak to your tenants. Mm -hmm. And then if you were to take, say, a half-mile radius from the homes, rental homes that you own, you should go to the businesses there. You should talk to other people around these homes. Because one day, your rental home will be vacant. And if you've already introduced yourself to the surrounding neighborhood, you can find your next next new tenant quickly. So it's immersing yourself in the area. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's fantastic. I've never heard, never heard that, but that makes a ton of sense. And I think that that is very prudent. And um, yeah, I just, I think that's great. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying that because that's that's something too. And obviously, me um, and Ellie, we've talked about wanting to step into real estate at some point in our lives as well. So that's that's really good advice. Um, what are some pitfalls that um, are avoidable for people that, let's just say, for me, that's new, who sure. would be new in real estate? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I have a financial backing but real estate would be completely new to me. What are, what would you say to me if I say to you, I want to um, buy into my first real estate investment? What are some pitfalls that I could avoid? Sure. You know, you this week you had emailed me the list of some of these questions for the podcast, and that was great. It was fun to read them. And they're very well-written questions, including that one. I thought about that one a bunch. I would say a pitfall, and it certainly could be your biggest pitfall, is not listening to the advice you're given, whether it's the advice from your lender, if you're financing the purchase, or the advice from your realtor, if you're working with a realtor, to find the property to buy, or if you're going to use a property manager to manage the property, collect your rent, manage the expenses, not fully listening to what they say. Mm. It's easy to initially to think you've got it figured out, and this is not a slide on research that people could do, but generally I see where a rental doesn't turn out well for someone is they didn't listen to the advice that was put on the table. Mm. Yeah, that's really good, because that was one of the questions I had too, is what are some situations where things can go south or just not work out? Sure. Kind of the classic case I've seen over the years in real estate is people see a good deal from a price standpoint, and they 
lock onto the house. They want that house, but the house may back to a busy street or the house may be next door to a commercial building. So a good deal is not always a good deal unless you carefully consider the surroundings. The other thing I've seen is someone locking on to a good deal price-wise, but the financing package they were going to use to buy it was not so good. Maybe the interest rates were high. Maybe the interest rate that they were giving adjusted after two or three years. Or, as happened a lot of times during 08, 09, and 10, the interest rate that they had had changed so that the low became due and payable. So the pitfalls are the things that probably a realtor or a financial person told you about, but with blinders up, you stay locked on the deal and you don't listen. Then when you're in the property, it can be disruptive if some of those things are there. Yeah, I could see that. People just, because uh, to, to your point earlier in the beginning, uh, real estate also has almost like an emotional appeal to it. Cause it does. So I could see that that emotion, um, yeah, getting those blinders up and with people, and they're just so focused on bulldozing their way through to get a, a property. Yeah, to land a deal does take focus, just not at the expense of the good advice that's being shared with you. Wow. That's yes. really good. To land a deal, it takes focus, but not at the expense of the good advice that's given. I like that. Yeah, that's Super. Great. You'll that's do great, great I'm sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so last few questions I have for you, Mike, is yeah. um, tips, just for, uh, real estate tips, strategies, just, I don't know, some fun stuff maybe people don't know about or um, cool ideas uh, around real estate or just, I don't know, something that you think maybe the general public doesn't know about that would be interesting. Sure. Love that question. So let's go back to the scenario of you you and Ellie owning five rental homes. Mm -hmm. And let's say they're right here in Herpine. So the first little tip, drive through the neighborhoods where you think you want to own the homes. Go in the morning early, go midday at lunch, go in the evening. See what the vibe is in the area. Does it feel like a happy, healthy neighborhood or not? Most people get that question answered when they do the driving, when they do the driving through, mm -hmm. driving through. That helps them see if that's a spot where they want to own rentals. A fun little thing to think of would be, okay, you can pay a property manager to collect the rent each month for you. And most of the time, that's a good way to do it. What if your property manager, though, one day was not open? and you needed to collect the rent, do you feel comfortable pulling up to the house, hopping out of your car, knocking on the door, saying, hi, it's me, Greg, the landlord. I was just here to pick up the rent check. Hmm. If you don't feel comfortable doing it, it's probably not a home you should own. Wow. Is that yeah. a good tip? Yeah, that's really good. Okay. Yeah, those are really good. Tip really, really practical, too. Sure. So a tip number two would be, and this 
might be a little bit self-serving because I work as a realtor. And that is to introduce yourself to a couple of different realtors, meet and talk with a couple of different ones to not only ask about good deals that are out there, but also ask, what are other buying trends that I should know about? Where are investment buyers buying homes and turning them into rentals? What are some neighborhoods to go see? What are some neighborhoods to stay away from? And then a great question for a realtor is to ask them, what are the top three best buys they've seen that day? If a realtor's a really question. good, they always have two to three really good buys. Wow, that's a great question. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat> that is fantastic. So I'm going to end it on this question. Um, the There's a lot going on in the world. So we're recording this. It's uh, November 9th, 2023. 10th. It's the 10th. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so it's November 10th, 2023. Uh, just so you guys know, um, I'm time-stamping time that for a reason. There's a lot going on in the world. Um, being in finance, I often come across people um, who are just concerned. Real estate's expensive, interest rates are high, um, the market has had some turbulence, there's a lot going on in the world in terms of uh, wars, and uh, we're coming up on an election year. So a lot of people feel spooked right now. Um, what is your thought around real estate going into 2024? Not not asking for any predictions, but if you were to gauge the temperature of like what you're seeing out there, what are your thoughts with that? Was thinking on that question for sure. Sometimes the very best real estate move that someone can do is to is assuming that they want to later get into real estate investing is buy your first piece of real estate. The best way to learn about it for most people is to go through the process, finding it, negotiating a contract on it, opening an escrow on it applying for and receiving a loan approval on it, and then ultimately closing escrow. Just that process will teach you most of what you know to then do it again for your first rental, then do it again for your second one, all the while still living in that first one that you owned. And the cool thing about that first one that you owned is each and every month when you pay your mortgage, part of that payment, pays down your debt so your equity is growing and your own home becomes your own savings account mm -hmm. as you pay the equity increases. And assuming that property is in Irvine, the value increases too. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's absolutely. kind of this duplicatable process. Yeah. So it's you can never time things. You just gotta the best time is is right now. Almost. That's exactly mindset. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I agree because I get asked that question too around just investing. Should I wait? And things average out and things work out in the long run. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciate it. Any last, uh, any last things that you think would be valuable to share before we uh, sign off here? How about this, Greg? 
and this goes to the uh, turbulent times that we have today, it would be key to, or it is key, to stay informed for sure of what's happening in the financial world and the world markets, no doubt. Related to that, though, is if you find two or three good realtors that really know what's happening in the neighborhood and they truly know some really good buys, you can build your real estate portfolio even in these turbulent times. If your head's too much in the news or you're not talking to good people that are tracking good deals, it'll be difficult. But if you are, it can be easily done. How's that? I like it. (laughs) Well, Mike, we really appreciate you. You guys have a great rest of your day. And as always, thank you for tapping in with us. Take care. This podcast is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or otherwise to act in the capacity of a fiduciary. Gregory Montejo is a registered representative of Park Avenue Securities LLC. LSJ2875 Michelle Drive, Suite 110 Irvine, California 92606. 909-399-1100. Securities products offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Proverbs Financial and Insurance Services is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California insurance license number 0 k four nine two eight three. Two zero two three dash one six five five nine zero expiration eleven dash twenty five. This podcast is for information purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Past Guardian or Proverbs Financial, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian and its subsidiaries do not issue or advise with regard to real estate.